Hi everyone, and welcome back to Creative Emotions. I am your host, Alex Lee. Cedric Papa. Hi, it's Jenny. Yay! Yay! And I have a few quick corrections. Oh. Uh -oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I was listening to our back episodes and I miss said something. So real quick, mm -hmm. um, in episode 31 on Drain slash Recharge with Franz, I was talking about my favorite book series, which is called Fablehaven, and I said it was written by Herbie Brennan. It is not. It's written by Brandon Mull. Scandalous! I know. <laughs> Herbie no. Brennan wrote another one of my favorite series, which is called Fairy Wars, and I highly recommend it as well. So, you know, just mm -hmm. get that flip-flopped. Good. And then also this, as a Whovian, makes me very sad, but sorry, it's been a while. Take her car, um, yo. In episode 34, Disconnection, I said that Matt Smith was the 10th Doctor when he's actually the 11th. My bad. Ooh, by uh, one. Only by one. By one. Only by one. But I, I, know. I don't know how hardcore like who fans are. Oh, oh I, like, it'd be terrible. It's like, I don't know, Reddit I'm, posts. I'm ashamed of myself. I Aww. forgot about David Tennant. Shun her! No. Anyways. <laughs> well, thank you for the corrections. That's good. You're so, welcome. Yeah. That's good. That's why we care, guys. We hey, care. we're humans. Yeah, we're human. And, and, and I care about making it better. And we came back and we were like, you know what? We made a mistake and, and we were addressing it. So, mm -hmm. perfect. No doubt about perfect, it. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, just uh, just for a little uh, week check uh, with everyone. Like, for me, this week has been very struggling for me, for sure. Um, but I feel like this was something important to talk about in today's emotion because I feel like it's something that kind of brings the light through in these dark times and so you know sometimes it's not it's a good thing to always realize that um it's important to always embrace to have that glimmer of light in our lives and that emotion today is joy ah yeah, yeah. hey okay joy. let's talk about it absolutely joy. <laughs> so cedric you have a first question all right here we go uh, here's the first question, and I'm asking it generally, so who would ever like to go first, please go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, the first question goes, what are the things that give you the most joy in two minutes or less? <laughs> it was 50-50 if I was going to ask that question, and we landed on the 50 side that asked it. I don't even know if that's possible. It's okay. Yeah, you know, it's okay. The time pressure is more rhetorical, but um, I'm setting my clock. Okay. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Whoever would like to go first. Things um, that give you most joy. Uh, well, yeah, I'll go first. Because um, the interesting thing that I... Because, yeah, I've, I've literally been on a joyous high mixture with this week. Um, is, is What brings me joy is, is storytelling. Is stories. Mm. Now, it, now, when I think about stories, like I like listening to stories. Um, not much as a book. But I'm not much of a book person. Sure. But like I like watching, you know, uh, TV shows, movies, cartoons, mm -hmm. anime, and you know the really really interesting thing is that um, this week I kind of wanted to go back to the classics, like of uh, like the anime anime classics, and I was reminded uh, when I saw one of our dance teammates shirt, Brian shirt had Sailor Moon on it, nice. and I was just like, oh yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Let's watch that. <laughs> so. The interesting thing is that um, when I was watching watching the series, I was uh, I was watching the, the different dub series. It was uh, the Viz Media dub series, and I really like how they kept true to the story. What I what the, was the most interesting thing about that story is what they were consistently talking about is love, relationship, and not allowing pain to always 
be the victorious factor in your life. Hmm. So I really, really enjoyed it. Like uh, I was watching the second season. That season was eighty episodes. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, eighty episodes. <laughs> hey, but like I skipped. Well, the, yeah, it's crazy. But like the but the interesting thing about it was that um was that like okay, I know I've seen this part before because like, I was trying to figure out mm. where am I in this oh. series, <laughs> and then I found it, I was like, oh okay, I I don't remember this part. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start from here, and then like it mm. led up to this very clima- climactic fight, and there was just one thing that I remembered from one of the. One of the one of the characters, her name was uh, Chibi Usa, mm. um, and literally she was talking about like how nobody loves me, no one, no one cares for me or anything like that because she was you know being brainwashed by um, by a guy named um, uh, Deathless Hope or something like that or something or Evil Hope. I'm trying to remember the name. It, I just finished the was watching the second season last night. Um, something Death, something like that, <laughs> and. Literally, um, in in that in that scenario, Sailor Moon reminded uh, Chibi Usa the the scenario of when she fell down, why she, um, Sailor uh, why her parents didn't tell didn't pick her up, you know why they told her to get up, crying won't help you, mm. you know, you ha- you have to stand up for yourself. So, and that brought me so much joy. I was like, wow, like your parents didn't pick you up. They told you that you got to pick yourself up. Mm -hmm. Like that's hardcore. (laughs) I didn't think you, I didn't think I would see that. (laughs) I didn't think you would see, I I would see that in like Sailor Moon because like, like people, I feel like people get the general, general idea of how it is, but they never really actually get to see the actual in-depth story because Mm. of the uh, mistranslations of dub. Mm. So... Mm. And when I saw that, like, it really, really hit me a lot. And to see people to be able to stand up for themselves really brings me so much joy as I listen to these stories, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, that's that's one of the things that brings me joy. Uh, stories in, like, anime or animation. Because people, because I've heard people say, like, yo, it's just entertainment. But when you think about it, mm-hmm. people put their, sometimes put their own life scenarios in their art. And really, it's not just entertainment you know it's really about connection with other people as well yeah uh yeah i think stories have like a a really great they're like primal in us i think we crave them uh because we just don't want information right we want information to have some sort of point and closure and loop and so um i think stories do a great way because like the opposite of that is like i've been watching a lot of like true crime (laughs) and like or like court cases and stuff and it's like because that's like that's like real life but then it's never as satisfying as a story because you don't really know what happened and you don't really get that satisfying sort of end to things or like there's no moral ethic to understand it's just like well that person's life is ruined or that murderer got away and you're like "Uh uh-oh and so I think we crave that idea of like our life making sense and 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 like uh, truths to be understood and like and followed through. And so I understand that. Yeah, the joy of stories. Like I love, I love stories. Like almost to the point where you maybe like love something too much. You like critique other things mm-hmm. too much. But with that being said, 
yeah stories and, and, and joy are like really like when you get to a really good story you're like yeah mm-hmm. it, it, it makes sense mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny hmm. um, well the one that's on the top of my mind right now is music music um, hey. two of my favorite K-pop groups recently came out with new albums Ooh. so I've been listening to them like nonstop. Who are your two favorite K-pop groups? Well, that's a hard question because I've got more than two. Oh! Uh, the ones that came out with new albums are Monsta X and BTS. Oh. I, didn't know I actually know both of those because Yay! I saw a Vice documentary <laughs> on K-pop and how it's like taken over the world. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like it's like the equivalent, if not more so, the version of like the British invasion. Oh, yeah. But like worldwide way, yeah. and mm-hmm. way bigger, way I bigger think. Scale. But it's like, for me, I was like, I didn't realize how much of a rock I was living under. And I was like, dude, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the crazy thing about it is that, you know, K-pop started way, way back. Way back then. Yeah. That. But apparently it caught fire recently, like, in America, like, nationwide. Like that. That's that's different. For but like I know like people who like K-pop. Like like my neighbors like loved yeah. K-pop and stuff like that when I was younger as a kid. Yeah, it but, started like in the nineties. Yeah, early nineties, mm-hmm. I think. And then like you know after many many years like nationwide it started you know people started feeling yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing to me is that like it's been popular like for a really long time. Mm-hmm. It's just like. In our worldview, because we're in the U.S., it's like, oh my gosh, K-pop is this huge thing like because huge it's here thing, now. But right. yeah, it's not. It's not new. Like, it's not, it's like, not. In, like, in Korea, it's just pop music. It is. And no, it's been, it's K-pop. Is they call, it? Oh. Yeah, there, it's like a specific genre, and mm-hmm. oh. like it's different. Um, so they don't just call it pop music here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Uh, to my to my understanding, like no. there's actual nice. Korean pop. And there's K-pop, like oh. it's it's different. Oh, so like they actually have different genre descriptions of that. I think so. Oh, wow. So oh, okay, so part of their pop category is K-pop, and then they have like Korean pop, and then they would have like other pop. And then there's like K indie, K rap. Right. Like, yeah, K rap. I've listened to K rap before. There's like I saw <laughs> K pop, and there was like a K metal. K metal. Uh, <laughs> which I was like, hmm, I'm intrigued by this. Uh-huh. K metal. I've never heard yeah. K metal. I really like the Korean indie music too. So can I ask then on that follow up question, like, what about these, like, what about K pop music brings you so much joy? I think like because I want to understand this phenomenon really well. Mm. There's something I've been trying to like put this into words actually this week because. Feel like one of my friends was making fun of me and it's like I don't really care but also I'm like how do I explain there's just something about it where it's like even though I don't understand the lyrics until like I read the English version right, right. it's like I I just feel like I can feel the emotion that they're putting into it and there's also like there's something about it that just touches like a piece of my soul like i can't like there's that's something that's one of the beauties of music like i've I've listened to music in like different languages for a long time Mm -hmm. and there's just something about it where like music is that kind of universal language that like it really 
to me it doesn't matter and then like you read the lyrics and it's like oh my gosh no like i I get it i mean i get it but not probably with korean music but i do it with spanish music yeah a lot of the time oh that's right yeah like you know yeah like lyrics like sometimes they're like they can accent to like what you're feeling but sometimes like a song the way it's composed is you can just feel already what the song is and like the inflection in their voice and like the way that they choose to like combine those and like the other sounds that they bring into it like there's just something special about it I think K-pop too like I don't know the, the bands that I like they, or the groups that I like. I'm sorry. I'm one of those where it's like I don't call it a band unless you play instruments. I'm just like so. Fair it's a K- enough. It's a K-pop group. She knows her where the line is. Well, well. Even co- even with like the Backstreet Boys, I'm like a boy band. What? They're not a band. They don't play instruments. Like, right. <laughs> well, I mean, like they call don't they call them idols or something like they're, that? Yeah, they're K-pop idols. But yeah. like I, anyways, K-pop groups. Okay. To my what I call them, mm-hmm. um, like they seem to have. Well, a lot like they like they seem to have a really good relationship with each other, like not just on stage, but like the funny videos, like they really do feel seem like family. And the way that they talk about their fans, it's just like I know they don't know me, but <laughs> because I'm their fan, they love me. And it's like it's a different kind of love, you know, than like romantic love or like cro close friendship love but I just I feel it when they put it in their music and I don't care if I sound ridiculous or crazy but it's like like, I I just do and I I just haven't I haven't felt that with an artist in a while like I think those are the artists that I really connect to on any broad scale but I think because like I think because like the the groups that are popular these days like they're very like they kind of started when social media and like youtube was becoming a thing so mm-hmm. they've like really had those platforms um to utilize and put out more content and like really connect with their um with their fans and like the global community like i think they kind of have that ingrained in them as well. Mm-hmm. So that's... Right. I think that connection is, like, even further built than, like... I feel like a lot of... I don't know. Just... There's some... To, to me, it seems like there's a lot of, like, U.S. artists that, like, want to have this kind of mysterious stigma about them sure right like, like you a don't private, a really yeah private, private which is fine like i totally get that but at the same point like there's i don't know i think i just think the k-pop they've like done it well mm-hmm. you know where i don't know if they i mean they talk about like they don't really date and stuff like there's like there's dating scandals and stuff which i think is kind of ridiculous like mm-hmm. let them date but yeah, <laughs> yeah you know like why is it such a big deal but I again, I don't know that side mm-hmm. of the culture, but um, it just seems like they do a pretty good job of like connecting with people. And I hope that they have private space. I mean, I'm yeah, sure like, like I, you can't know anybody's full facets, mm-hmm. um, even like if they are all out there on social media, like right. that's not their entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be at least a few things that they don't have. So it's, it's like an interesting mix, but that's why I like it. 
also have to say rounding out my top four is ATs and got seven. Got seven is my number one. Hey. Oh. I went and saw them in concert and Aww. it was the best thing ever. Nice. <laughs> hey. Let's I go. can see it. Clearly. <laughs> like so cool. It's so cool because like, yeah, because like when I was just like stumbled, when I stumbled upon like the Vice thing, it was like everything that Jenny said is essentially like what every, like the fans that they kind of like, because they collected a bunch of, they essentially got a bunch of fans from all over the United States that did not even know each other, put them in a house <laughs> and they literally all said the same thing. <laughs> yeah it's just like and then they're like yeah there's just something about the idea like yeah the whole thing about a different kind of love that you're feeling Mm -hmm. it's not romantic it's not really like you know um it's like not really familial but it's just different like you feel like immersed and then like um their fan like the the way they like with their fan base and the content that they put out like they feel more personable like more seen uh and then ultimately yeah and then it was funny because they were they got an interview and then the the interview like the they they said like they asked the interviewer hey can we do our intro first and then mm-hmm. they're like and he the interviewer was like what yeah <laughs> they all have like intros yeah they all really have cool. like and then they do their intros and i was like what and it's like it's crazy because i think um there is this i think that that element that's so cool because i think yeah western artists are very much like well we we just create art we have no obligation to our lives to you really right right? like our lives are dedicated to our art and that's how we translate to you our lives right right with them with i think this is like this it's like like hey like art is the way in which we want to connect but we want to connect with you in so many other ways and make you feel like our experience and like share our joys and our happiness and we want and i think this is important i think they you can i think honestly feel like they will want to hear yours as well yeah. And so it's like you feel much more like resonated in that connection, which is why their fan base like continues to keep getting stronger. Because it's not like anybody can just like if you have one bad song in a Western artist, you're like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, but here it's like, oh, well, it was just one bad song. It's OK. Like we know them like they're going to be fine yeah. or like whatever it is. Like it's beyond that motion. So they, their fan base can keep growing and growing and growing and growing. So. Wow. It's, yeah. it's like that that's they're just so open about it yeah they really like, i think, think so i think there's a lot and it feels like there's a lot or it, yeah there's openness and it feels like they try and at least show some vulnerability where mm. it's like these are the struggles that we're having mm-hmm. and you know like got seven it kind of broke my heart <laughs> because um in their most recent tour like it was a the tour that I went and saw, but in the interviews for that, they were talking about how, um, like they're starting to get bigger. Like they've gotten, Mm -hmm. um, like they're getting higher and higher and they're like, what happens when we fall or like, Mm, like like, we're, we're, we're like, Mm -hmm. we're like really happy that we're here, but now we're kind of worried about the down. And I was like, no, (laughs) Oh wow! <laughs> like, I was like, no, but we'll be here for you. Yeah, we'll be yeah. here, and it's like, and that's a hard thing because like, there's different things that come up, like the contracts, like the big thing that's kind of looming with BTS is that um, the oldest member need is like set to go, needs to do his military service, uh, and like right. I believe it's this year, like right. because you have to do it by right, like you for your certain birthday, right? Um. So that's kind of the big thing. Mm-hmm. And um, even like one of the other big groups, 
EXO, like two of their members are in the military right now. Mm -hmm. And um, Big Bang is like one of the classic groups. Like they just got out and they're like kind of settling in and Mm -hmm. it's like, what are they going to do? So Mm -hmm. I get where that's hard. Like, you you know, you never really know. Like at the height of your like stardom, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh. Well, and, and it's always the thing. It's like, do you continue on with like the members that you have uh, or like do you go do solo things uh-huh. do you like, like is this is effectively the end of a group right or... it, it it like for a time being right. like there's some kind of things and from what i've heard from like some korean like mm-hmm. groups is um or there's a news thing that i watch sometimes they think that maybe bts will just decide to all go into the military at the same time and do like their two years of service and then just come out instead of like trickling seven Uh, people right draw it out right yeah that Um, makes sense right like do it one whole yeah so it's just and it so i guess that's the thing is like they work so hard and then you never really know what's gonna i mean you never really know what's gonna happen but um i think some people don't really understand that and like yeah. you know like for people that aren't into k-pop or don't like follow mm-hmm. those groups like they don't they just don't understand and it like you know seems so foreign and it's like right. why like, why do you just watch this guy like and you don't even like, understand the words but yeah. it's like there's something more like there's more there's more to happening. it yeah. yeah and and then and then you add the performances and the dance on top mm-hmm. of it which is something that i really connect to mm-hmm. and it's like and even like on top of like the amazing dancing, which I was like, oh gosh, I need to step up my game <laughs> like, big time. Korea's stepping it up. Seriously, they're yeah. all like, that's the thing is like all the members are amazing dancers, and yeah. then they have amazing backup dancers, and then they have these crazy like, like you know, electronic display stages mm-hmm. like behind right. them. It's just a whole, like, if you look at their BTS's um, view from uh, the Rose Bowl, they mm-hmm. had, they just, like, they have, everybody had, well, each group has, like, their official light stick, mm-hmm. so everybody, like, takes them, and BTS has one where they, um, the newest version, they can control the colors, oh. so it's, like, the coolest thing like the rose bowl is completely full and they have like the colors on the stage and then they're lighting up all oh, the, the rv bombs and oh yeah God. it's great and then even like at the got seven concert that i was at they're um called aga bombs because they're agase mm-hmm. is uh which is means baby bird oh okay. it's a yeah um they're all green so you just see like a sea of green lights and it's just like ha oh, yes yeah. like <laughs> so, anyway sorry this was no, like way no, more than two no, minutes but, cool. no that's okay like <laughs> that's, that's what's amazing that's okay that's awesome. you're disqualified but that's all right like we didn't want you to stop because that's the whole point right yeah, yeah. You, you know you can clearly see the joy in it exactly you know I, and i felt joy dance to um uh, I took K-pop class down mm-hmm. in Irvine. Um, uh, like I posted on my Instagram, um, yeah. one of the songs that uh, that my K-pop teacher was teaching uh, was we were doing a cover of uh, Black Swan, mm-hmm. and that was I fun. Love that song. That song was really really good. Yeah, and yeah, and I and I can't believe I killed that song too. I was yeah, just like, it was really good. I was just like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> nice. That was like the first time they've done. Like a con- a more contemporary like dance style altogether. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really cool. That's crazy. What about you, Cedric? <laughs> uh, so 
because I I don't want to say that it, the reason why I have this one joy that I think I have one that sticks out to my mind uh, is one that's oddly comp not complex but it's it's kind of frivolous um, but I like it mm. um, so I watched this show called Say Yes to the Dress Aww. and then um, so for those who don't know it's essentially yeah there's this um, the, when you want to get married especially if you're a bride you have to go to a specific type of store which is like a wedding salon or like a wedding boutique and uh, there's a famous one in New York called Kleinfeld and then uh, so you go in there and it's very much like you get you have to set an appointment and then you have like a personal consultant that shows you a series of dresses and um, and then you you hopefully find the one that you would want to wear on your wedding and then you uh, and then you say yes to that dress right but the idea of it is like it like the reason why it brings me dress because multiple things are happening for me when I think about it uh, I look at it and I'm like I love seeing joy in others like I they, and they, that brings me joy like I'm someone who likes to provide service and so when I see someone who does provide service and then give someone the utter joy of, of what apparently a bride dress on a bride does it like it makes me feel like yes but at the same time the other form of joy on the flip side of it is like this catty drama and judgment because you're 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 discriminating against a series of dresses and so like the, there's a part of me like yes that is your dress girl like yes you look beautiful in that but the other part of me is like like the that's a sort of critical kind of like snooty part like part where i really don't like the show to others gets manifested here i'm like I don't think you really have like the shoulders for that <laughs> or like I, I think that princess like uh cut doesn't make sense for you and it's like oh i don't like strapless because you know like it's like sometimes it's like like you just feel like you have tan lines or whatever like i'm just going into things and it's funny because i realize another critique another thing that brings me joy is when i like to be different than other people mm. and one of those things was like yeah, I'm like a dude watching Say Yes to the Dress because that's really hard. Not really hard, but like no guy will really watch this show. Like they're not like, they, like it's even frowned upon in the show when men are in the show because it's like men, like it's, it's assumed, right? Like they have no understanding of bride culture, mm. right? Like it's like, it's like all, one of the consultants was saying like, oh, when guys come in here, all they think about is the money. Right, but in but there's so much more to that moment, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, I love seeing that like uh, phrasing, and then like I fall in love with the characters uh, of the consultant. Sometimes they don't show up again anymore, um, and then like, so I I originally watched the show, but it was like in the middle of like a long time ago when I started. It, it was like I was in the middle of a season. I didn't know when. There's like this favorite character. Uh, his name is Randy and uh, he's like this fashion director consultant he helps the other consultants like you know do things but I started from this episode from episode one recently and I was like he wasn't in season one at all so I'm like when does he show up <laughs> and then I found out he shows up in season two episode two I was like oh, there he is there's Randy like there's the person like here's the origin story and it's just so funny because um, I just really like um, to me, like it, there's nothing quite like seeing someone's dream feel real mm. or accomplished, mm -hmm. and witnessing it, it's really, really nice. Cause like, 
you can tell when someone's acting sometimes. Even the best actors, you can kind of tell. But you can tell, like, what I think I realized is, like, actors are always acting, right? Like, in a movie, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, so, what, if you want a, 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 a like, a, um, what's the word I'm saying? If you want, like, sort of, like, your depiction of a person to be realistic, there has to be moments where you're not acting before you start, like, doing things that are really, like, crazy. Either you act, and then when you act when you do like let's say a crime scene like it makes sense to the acting that you were doing but if you weren't acting you better make sure your crime scene <laughs> makes sense you can't just be like not acting and then be like oh no <laughs> so sad. It's like now you're acting clearly right and so like that transition was very dramatic so but when i see people authentically cry like they're like this is like this is the one like it's like this is it and they just start smiling i'll be like yes yes it is the one it doesn't matter what other people say. It's just your dress. And then they don't do this yet because it's season one and two, but there's this phrase that they say, which is the title of the entire show. And they'll be like, so Claire, are you saying yes to the dress? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes to this dress. You found your dress today. Sometimes they don't find their dress today and they have to leave. And I'm like, oh. So there's like actual tension because it's like, it's like just, frivolous tension because like oh they didn't find their wedding dress today but i'm like oh we didn't get to share in that experience that's okay (laughs) and i I just think um because the reason why i bring it up is because yeah there's like a judgmental part of me sometimes um there's like a guilty part of ourselves i think that we're not we're told really not to like indulge or share joy in um like sometimes it's like like the the like the Regina Georges of us are aspects of us, and like we want to make sure that we we really don't let that be a, a major aspect of our lives. But for some reason, we we always have critiques about things or like critical assessments about things that may not be in the most favorable light of each other. And so, like one of the ways in which I kind of like understand and cope with that is like, okay, like there is a medium for me to kind of feel that way without judgment. And then, so I don't have to, but then realizing that I should not be bringing that to the people that I truly care about. Mm. But at the same time, like, I do realize, like, if I do have um, things that could take away from joy or the joyous vibe, but I need to say, because they're, you know, they're, they're important for maybe a, like a higher form of joy, mm-hmm. that um, I need to learn how to say those things. Uh, but there's yeah there's like the snooty part of me but then there's also the like the oh yeah let's live our dream like this is the dress like ah i love it it's beautiful it's like and so and it's funny because like all the entire time like i will feel guilty like if i when i find someone uh, have you guys ever seen the show Mm -hmm. i have not but like but just listening to you it's just so funny yeah when i when i when i when i watch the show and i and i watch some like when i when i hear other people if they talk about the show I'll be like, yeah, let's talk about that for now. Like more than let's say like, it's like, oh, like I would rather talk about say yes to the dress more so than video games. Wow. Like, oh, or politics (laughs) at times. Because it's just like, it's like when I think when you find someone of your tribe, you want to like help like whatever they interact with them because you 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 share the same interests. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, did you like that episode? It's like, oh, like, yeah, this she was you know like he was being he was being so unreal unreally unreasonable like he i don't think their marriage is gonna last because <laughs> like it's like and divorce like oh the dad's it makes no sense and whatever the case may be i'm just like 
and then I would, you just see beautiful gowns and, and you know like I like it's like oh that's a beautiful trumpet dress or that's a beautiful like, A line or uh, you know like uh, fucking I'm oh, sorry <laughs> like, um, like a sheath dress or tons of lace or whatever and then when they uh, we're done um, <laughs> and it's just like it's just really nice it's just like because um, I get because it made me realize like I get it like why like sometimes you would feel like you, we fault people a lot of times for like people want more weddings than they want marriages right mm. um but like this show i would say maybe culturally has some, like a negative backlash to it because it indulges in a fantasy that perhaps is not supposed to be the priority mm. of your marriage uh-huh. right like a ceremony is only going to be one moment of your entire life but with that being said i can understand like what but we live in that culture so uh one it's like but i that fantasy of like moving on to the next stage of your life in a very grand way like yeah like why not i would like to be part of that experience like it's just like yeah you did it and Mm -hmm. stuff like that oh you look beautiful or whatever it may be but yeah but i think it's it's just very like a complex joy that i have uh they would say yes to the dress because i'm like because i'll be watching it and i'll be watching it with uh, uh like friends of mine and um, I'll just be really snooty at times. <laughs> like, ugh, ugly. Well, like, I, I just, but like, to have that sense of joy, dress. it's just, it's just, I think that's, I think that's beautiful in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's really interesting. It's mm-hmm. because how I see it is that you're liking something that not a lot of people that you, that like for us guys, would like mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. this, almost like the same scenario with with um with with you know with mine like with you know sailor moon because mm-hmm. like a lot of guys like in that time period really like dragon ball z mm-hmm. like not a lot of guys like watching sailor Moon because it's supposedly supposed to be catered to um you know young girls mm-hmm. or like you know girls in their teens mm-hmm. but like but you just don't know you right. know you never know like it's kind of like I also like when I was younger like I can relate to you know being different from from other guys is like for me when I grew up I play I grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards mm-hmm. literally like we didn't have like clubs or anything like that in high school so we literally played in this dark alley in school like that's literally what we did <laughs> that's such a cool funny that's a funny <laughs> image in my mind it's like a, just like a seedy dark alley it's all right you ready yeah you ready Blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> Damn it! Oh. Counter. 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 What was that? <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's kind of like that scenario. It's like we just have this sense of joy that um, people we feel like sometimes that a large sense of people don't feel. But like when when we do it, it just makes us feel happy. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So I can definitely see that from you when mm-hmm. you watch. Yes to the dress because I can definitely see can feel that I don't think a lot of guys would like watching that, mm-hmm. but but to certain people like to have in such a complexity and such you know a mixture of wide a range of emotions just for just for an event as a wedding dress mm-hmm. is amazing. I know it's just it's so bad. <laughs> like it's so funny because it's just be like like I just be like I I think I like more, sometimes the idea that I'm just like I, I am who I am, and then like people would be like. Like they would be talking about that, and I'd be, it's like when you realize, like, 
it's kind of like that feeling where like let's say like two people let's say of the same ethnicity are speaking in their language and you happen to also speak their language and mm. then you like just interject and it's like it's like they're like talking crap about you and i'm like yeah he is terrible isn't he? And all <laughs> language, like, oh. i'm like yeah yeah huh and then it's just like it's just the same thing and i think it's um i, I and i don't know maybe i can do this as a rephrase question like i don't know why but i think i like i I don't know if this should be how I should feel, but I really like feeling joy. I feel like a sense of joy when I do things that are just sometimes make me feel really unique. Mm. Like, and um, like that really does affect like the level of joy I feel for something. Mm. Um, and I think that maybe it's just me, but I don't know if, if it's the case for mm. you. Does it, does it come into play? I, where... I totally feel that. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of hard sometimes because some things can make you feel a little bit more that you like make you feel a little bit more isolated mm. you know it's like oh nobody else that i know likes this right but i really like it yeah. <laughs> you know but then sometimes it's just like when i don't there's something uh, i get about feel yeah that uniqueness where i'm like no i don't feel that way and then tra la 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 I'm just gonna go live my life yeah. <laughs> like I like to do this thing and it's taken me a little while to get to more of where those things that I feel like isolate me to like start talking about them mm-hmm. like I do feel like sometimes there's a bit of a stigma about like you know US girls being interested in k-pop mm. you know it like there's just and it's just because people don't understand or right. don't care to understand or they don't you know they don't you just think like oh what's this like little white girl from california like <laughs> why do you like somebody in korea like how does that even how does that translate right. like mm-hmm. oh okay but there's more to it and it's like I'm happy to share if you'd like to but at the same point like I don't really care what you think about me this is what I enjoy and like there's a whole bunch of stuff that it's like led me to and like inspired me for so like why I I think with that kind of comparison and like being when you kind of hear about people being unique, like, oh, you like that? Yeah, like, there's like the, a judgment on your joy. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like, why are you trying to take my joy away? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not going to, hopefully mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that to you, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, even like, I'm sure if you don't talk about it that often because you feel like, like, you're Cedric, like, yeah, like you, I would. wouldn't, you wouldn't like go and say that. Like, but, yeah. but I wish more people would. Like, I I get this feeling, like, that there's way more guys that would be interested in say yes to the dress or Sailor Moon that maybe like, you know, or different things that they just don't talk about because they feel like it's... Like a society... Yeah, like, it's a yeah, societal like, thing. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Or I was even talking to one of my friends about this podcast because he was telling me about that he was listening to podcasts and I was telling him that I would be recording. He's like, oh, what's your podcast about? And I was like, oh, it's about emotions. And he's like, oh, well, I wouldn't be interested in that. And I'm like, well, okay. why not? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, And it, there's, 
I, I don't no, no, obviously I, I don't know because I'm not a guy, but it seems like there's this weird stigma around like people can't like things that are for like geared for different people, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. or you can't, you know, if it's about emotions, like you yeah, can't mm-hmm. like it's only for a certain type of people. And it's like, no, this is like whatever it is, like it's meant to touch mm-hmm. whoever it touches and like <sighs> I think it's because it's it's the lack of being vulnerable to be open to new things and new environments. Yeah, it's the sense of trying new things. I right. think that's the whole situation, and that's what you know. For me, like I learned to do that. I had to be open to to new things, new environments, and in new ways to new people. You know, mm-hmm. in the beginning, like for example, like dance. Like, I was just gonna say dance mm-hmm. is another one. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. Like for for guys, like guys don't dance. I mean, it's like on well, the whole, like in the total population, right? Like, yeah. I think. Well, in a societal view, like uh-huh. people don't think guys would be dancing. They would view, you would see a lot of yeah. girls dancing. Yeah, I could see that. You know? Yeah, sure. But like when the, the whole um, introduction to like hip hop dance or anything, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, guys dance now. Because mm-hmm. hip hop dance came into the scene. Sure, because sure, of sure, Break sure, Boy sure, came sure, into sure, the scene. Sure, sure. But like, it's just so interesting to see that people there. There's a type of group of people um, that sees something, but like they don't want to do it until it's already happened. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like they're not going to do something unless someone else made it popular first. Then they jump the boat. Then they join in on the yeah. boat. Right. Well, sorry. Go ahead. Um, but like it, it's it's just that kind of type of thinking that um, people. People uh, should learn to actually grow out of is to. I think it's important to be open around such things. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a whole traditional thing of being, being things are the way they are because they're the way they are. It's it's the whole status of having the mindset of things should not change. If yeah. it's it's a whole mindset of if it's um, if it works uh, if it's not broken, uh, uh, no, you don't, don't fix it. it. Yeah, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Yeah. Exactly that thought. If it that thought broke, part. Don't fix it. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and really having that stigma. But what about like things that needs to change? Yeah, you know? or things could be better. Right? Yeah, things um, could be better. That was one of my favorite quotes in the new live-action Cinderella film. Oh, Did you guys see that one? The uh, the newest one, right? The newest I actually want to see that. It's so good. But um, one of her like things, one of her quotes is like um. Just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean that's the way it has to be or it doesn't right. mean it's right. Right. You know, it's like, it, um, yeah, and that's just like stuck with me for a while. It's like, yeah, just because it's like, okay, <clears throat> sure, it's worked up to this point, but does it still work? Maybe for some people it does, mm-hmm. but for other people maybe it doesn't, and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, I think it's the right, like you, you can't really build like a, a perfect society, but I think... And, and with that being said, like different joys are going to have to come and exist. But I think what we're advocating for is like, why can't we express them without feeling the sense of like separation or judgment yeah. or isolation? Mm-hmm. And it's it make and like the thing was like, I think sometimes we don't realize how internalized we make that narrative to be. Because mm-hmm. like even without people telling me, I, I would already know, like based off like other experiences in my life, like. I could not talk to my friends about say yes to the dress or certain friends, right? Mm, no, like absolutely. a certain demographic. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, right? I like agree you, with that. you, like you don't, 
you don't say certain things that bring you joy to certain types of people because you know like and it's not because they've explicitly said anything right but it's just like you notice behaviors mannerisms their values and you're like oh yeah i can't i can't mm-hmm. bring this up yeah mm-hmm. and you kind of like judge yourself and kind of doing so and then you have to realize like yeah like you just kind of have to live with that because like i think people look at me or look at us and they'll be like oh yeah uh, Jenny would not be into like super uh, like vicious, horrible, hardcore killing things like that, and it, that may or may not be the truth, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like they just think they, from what they've observed, it'd be like, oh yeah, I don't think that would, I don't consider that person or whatever that may be, mm-hmm. right? But I think that's like a, I think we we really should find a way that you're right, Alex, to be more vulnerable and open because we need to give people that chance to kind of sometimes, you know, give that outlet because sometimes you get lucky and you're like, Oh yeah, you do really like that. Or yeah, you're willing to be open about it. Or Mm -hmm. at least I get to be a more honest version of myself around you Mm -hmm. and you can build a a much more meaningful connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A good example is like you and me, Cedric, we're Mm -hmm. guys, but Mm -hmm. we like to embrace our emotions a lot. Mm -hmm. And the stigma behind guys is that we're supposed to be the most logical one versus our, uh, versus quote unquote, uh, females. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so rational females. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, speaking of that, I was, I'm trying to, like, so I'm trying to create this, like, secondary joy. Not a joy, but I'm trying to, like, it's one of those things, like, oh, I, I'm glad that I did it, joys. Uh, so I watch these videos on YouTube called Common Ground. And what they do is they get two groups of people of opposite oh, ends of an oh, argument. You mean I've from Jubilee, this. right? Yeah, from Jubilee. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so so for me, it's hard to be. It's like the opposite of me, but I'm trying to cultivate my ability to be in that room and be like, okay, like, okay, I got through that. That's okay because like they're like they hate each other at times. And there was one where it's like men's rights versus feminists. Oh, dude, man. I saw that and I'm like, oh no, it was bad because it was like they were like, dude, there was like a lot of like. For me, I'm very much a feminist. So, like, when I heard the men speak, I'm like, you ignorant. <laughs> so ignorant. Like, the way you asked that question was, like, hurtfully ignorant. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, they were, like, like, a woman was talking about, like, in a sort of, like, you know, royal you, wee way. Um, are you talking about the yellow jacket guy? Uh, um, the yellow jacket, the insult? Yeah. No, not that guy. That okay. guy's horrible, though. Yeah. And maybe I'll, I'll show you the episode, and it'll... It'll fire up yeah, in a way, but like yeah. it, was, it was the Asian hard. dude. The Asian dude really? seemed like because he was the kindest, right? Yeah. So when you when you expect him to say something, uh, so like ignorant to the point where it's hurtful, it's extra hurtful because mm. you think, oh, this is the best men can do on this side, and it's still and like you get fired up because it was a question about abuse, and then it was like this she this woman she was like talking about that women every day get like you know they have to have there's some form of abuse oh, towards them okay. in yeah. men and whatever it may be and then they're they're in constant they they have to the point where they're they have to constantly think about their lives in very like practical and sort of like uh dangerous ways where it's like you know like the way i dress how late i can stay out mm-hmm. who, how many groups of people and then the guy the asian guys is like well who what people yeah like yeah and how like mm-hmm. he wanted more detail like he wanted more detail and essentially what it came off sounding like is like 
well, I think you're just saying those stories, but I don't think you have any actual proof mm -hmm. of the pain. And I think you're just being, you know, like you're exaggerating. And then she just went off. Yeah, she And she did. talked about her personal experiences with it. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, and then, but what happened was like, he was not ready for that, clearly, because that's how ignorant he was. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he felt offended because he was like, he felt personally attacked, right? Because it's like, well, why are you yelling at me now? And like, why are you doing all of this stuff? And it's like, that's your problem, my dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, you opened a box and there was dynamite in it and you exploded and died and now you're going to be mad at the box? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it was, oh. But yeah. it was like one of those things that I'm just like, okay, I got through it. Like, I can, I can be in a room of conflict and survive it so that I'm like, I'm like it's like when you exercise and you've reached a certain yeah. point. Mm -hmm. like You're sitting a, in that discomfort, discomfort so that so that you can like exercise that and, and and develop that and being able to be like okay like I can resolve this conflict and then mm -hmm. it, but I liked it also because there's like an intellectual stimulate mm -hmm. uh, joy that's happening. And, yeah, but yeah, guys are just like the men's rights group. I was like. Oh man, it's like triangles, like trying to fit in like square pegs right now. Oh. It's like uncomfortable, not in like points of view. Like it's just like conversational dialogue was bad. Mm. It was just like there was a guy who kept his arms folded the entire time. It's like, well, men have, and then he would just give out stats and statistics. I'm like, no, that's not enough. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's like only one. That's half of the information. Yeah. And you think that's the only information that matters? Like, if I punched you in the face, and it's all like, and then it's like, prove to me that that hurt. Tell me the <laughs> statistics for it. Like, nobody's gonna care. Like, what the mm -hmm. hell are you talking about? I was like, it was, it was kind of tough. To, but yeah, men are like, but that's the thing. Like, that's how we're like, men are being depicted, right? Mm -hmm. Um, well, that particular male group and whatever it is and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man. But there was like, yeah, there's like this. It's, it's just, it was just yeah but like I like you know Alex and I because we're like we'll talk about our emotions and I think the reason why I, I I I like or I guess I am feminist is because yeah I I have this idea of like trying to understand all of the senses of knowledge that are present in an argument and it's not just statistics it's not just logic or mm -hmm. facts or rationale it's really how uh, what's what's feeling or what's going to happen because at the end of the day right like what you feel is right is a feeling more than a thought at times your thought will inform your correction of right but sometimes it's just like you don't you you won't get all the information mm -hmm. right? and logic can only really exist well when all of the evidence has been accounted for right mm -hmm. and if you exclude a big part of that evidence which is the emotional basis then you're really just saying like i'm I'm not really understanding logic like I'm just trying to pick and choose the facts which mm -hmm. is just like what I consider facts and like the the feelings that you feel like don't matter and it's I'm like it, oh god it becomes very biased yeah it becomes very biased in that nature um but yeah then, like oh god like and then I was like <laughs> I was annoyed because it's like it made it seem like the females didn't have any form of logic whatsoever and I'm like mother <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just like dude like you, if you were a woman, you would be talking exactly like them because their logic is there. Like their rationale is there. They just had a whole different type of experience and a culture that you grew up in. And I'm like, Ugh. don't tell them they're irrational. Like, yeah. And that's not a good way to have a dialogue with someone. Like I already dismiss everything that you're going to say. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. like, well... Yeah. Why, why well, are we great. Talking? Why are we here? Why are we here? Yeah. I guess we're here because we're staring at each other. And I'll be honest, like, 
the dudes are not really that good looking, so why would the women be there? <laughs> like, if you're not going to talk, why? I'm not going to look at you anymore either. I'm like, what's happening? Oh, man. It's like, but I think everybody wants to have their points said. Mm-hmm. So, man, it's hard to listen at times. So. Mm, there's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, sorry. That was just a weird tangent. Like, no. I get really, I get, like, annoyed about stuff like that. Well, well it's like, a sense of, on. you know, ignorance, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that constant battle between joy and ignorance. Yeah, and I think there's, there, there, yeah, there is this point where it's just like, um, I think, yeah, because there's that phrase, right? Like, ig- like um, ignorance is bliss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and information, right, sometimes gets in the way of us trying to obtain our highest form of joy. Uh, so we don't allow ourselves to, to be vulnerable, to be open to change, to do all of those things, because then it'd be like, well, I won't be able to go back to my life of joy that I had prior or before. Mm-hmm. But I'll, you know what I keep thinking about whenever that happens? It's like, oh, like... I wish I could have been ignorant. I think about alien invasions <laughs> because it's like, yeah, you live in your world, right? And like, yeah, you have your maintained form of happiness. And then a, an outside external factor decides to come in and like, well, we're going to just F, F stuff up. And it's like, well, crap, like we weren't ready because we decided to just focus more on a, like not trying to change and more just trying to be joy. And then we're like, well, did we, did we screw up? And, um, and then the, at the end of the day, it's like, well, did, did it matter that you survived? And then it's like, yeah. Well, then, yeah, you kind of did. <laughs> but then if it's like, like, if you lived your good life and you're okay and you accept your end, well, then here you go. Like, mm-hmm. you did great, you know? And here comes an alien invasion to wipe you out. Yeah. And so, like, if you're not open to vulnerability to, um, and you want to just stay in your side, your bubble of growth, that's fine. But you have to be content with the idea that, like, when an external change comes, you won't be ready and you can't blame anybody but yourself at times right mm-hmm. if you make that choice uh but if you put yourself open to vulnerability right and you want to growth and change then you you do your best and and you may not be happy all the time but i think you get a higher form of happiness if, if you really can stick it out and, and that's something that that i really agree on because um there's so many when you say the the phrase you know ignorance is a bliss yeah like you'll you're happy with what it is right now but it'll never grow and you're mm-hmm. not letting it grow with mm-hmm. you. Because the interesting thing about joy is that joy can grow with you. Mm-hmm. It could be bigger. It could be better. You know? There, it's, it's, it's the interesting... Well, I say interesting a lot. I don't even know why. <laughs> we, all, we, all have, we all have our things that we say. Because uh-huh. I think, yeah, you do say the phrase, that's an interesting point. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's okay. Yeah. That's the thing about this. <laughs> but, but what I love about that is that this emotion can grow mm-hmm. and it's just such a positive emotion that it's just great for the better not for not only for yourself but for other people like as well and if you keep that ignorance there with that joy and not let it grow you'll never know it will forever be a seed and you know right, never right. be like a great tree that could you know give fruit for everyone around you right 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 and again like for every person in the world you will make that choice and we're not telling you how to be happy right but we will tell you like you know like this is how we are this is how we understand happiness and joy and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and that if you feel like similar to us then you're not alone yeah well that being said uh let's go on to our next question so i will ask this question and it is a brain tickler okay brain ticklers yeah (laughs) 
funny. That's <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this question is, how and why do you share your joy with the world? Mm-hmm. Oh. Jenny, first? Yes. I'm going to go with why first. Oh, no. Nice. I like that. You're flipping. The script. Yeah, let's do um, that. So, I think, personally, I'm discovering, not discovering, but, like, realizing the power of sharing joy um, and, like, really letting your personal radiance shine. Because um, when we were talking just now about like vulnerability and how it relates to joy it's that's something that really resonates with me but I also forget quite often that you have to be vulnerable to not only let joy in but also to be willing to share it and to be kind of content with it in yourself like it's it's hard to say like ah yes this is something that brings me joy sometimes um even like admitting that to yourself even if you're not doing it consciously like I think on a subconscious level it's like admitting what brings you joy can be kind of like difficult um so bringing in that vulnerability is something that's really important and I think vulnerability kind of get can get like a bad rap like oh you don't want to be vulnerable like you know toughen up and don't show your don't show your weak points like because that's what being vulnerable is but Um, I think there's really a strength in vulnerability. And I think, you know, there's a real strength in, like, not admitting because it's not, like, a bad thing, but, you know, like, owning what you enjoy and what makes you happy. Like, hopefully you're not hurting anybody else. Right. Um, But if you can own that and accept that and, like, be really – like, I feel much more – joyful when I'm secure and when I've like admitted it and it's not that I can't change and like decide that I like things better or go through phases but like when I'm really sick when I feel and allow myself to feel really secure that's when I like I feel like the joy grows like ah yes I like this even more that now that I can say it and I can verbalize it and I think to Cedric's point too like Sometimes there's people that I won't share my joy with as much. Like, mm-hmm. I might tone it down, but it's still like, oh, yeah, this is something that I like. And that could be the end of the conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, cool. And then move on. Um, but, like, even having, like, having the power to do that within myself, like, that's something that, like, I feel really empowered with, with joy. Um, that is all to say that I think it's important to do that to really show other people that they mm-hmm. can do that because anytime I, it's my personal belief that anytime you open yourself up and show vulnerability, um, it can create a safe space and like show people that they can do that, other people that they can do that because I think that it's something that we don't do as often and like I said, it's kind of sometimes can be frowned upon you know just as a society as whole so like that's not like entirely why I do it like I I just kind of would like to exude joy just because that's that brings me joy like just being kind of happy and like sharing that um and being light is something that I really enjoy like 
because I definitely think you know those people that are joyful to be around like they just influence the room and it's just more more fun and more enjoyable more comfortable when they're around like that's what I would strive to be um but also to show that vulnerability as well um I think how is something that I'm struggling with though like I think I have it kind of down for just being joyful and sharing in that small ways but there's definitely a part of me where I think there's more that I could do like I get very um I also get a lot of joy from the art forms that I do but I get very self-conscious and insecure when sharing any kind of that Mm -hmm. um like even right like, just any kind like even if somebody is like oh you dance like dance for me and God, it's like i hate, oh, I, hate, I, hate I hate when that. people do that in general but it's like even if we we're like having fun at a party like i wouldn't like actually bust out real dance moves like right. i just wouldn't as this right. point like right. even if you're like yeah like yeah it's just it's and that's something that i really do want to work on and mm-hmm. i think that is like my next step for sharing mm-hmm. my joy is to like actually like put out actual creations into the world oh that's mm. perfect like, I, I think I, I i think that really is like whether it's dance like videos i don't somehow like that doesn't seem like my thing but then i'm also kind of interested in it yeah. like i don't know it's a weird i have a weird thing so i don't i'd have to figure out how it actually works for me but then also like um yeah just in general like i think creating more and showing joy or whatever emotions um i think that's how i would share joy and hopefully like it at least just connects with someone in some way like mm-hmm. i don't know how it's gonna hit but if it can, can if somebody can connect with it in some way even if it just like oh i like the colors that they use that yeah. she used or mm-hmm. oh i like that like i i like surrealism so it's like sometimes funny stuff like flying toasters hey Uh, let's go (laughs) you know it's like oh that's funny like that like that'd be kind of cool um that just brought me back to when i was a kid watching my the little toaster oh i love the brave little toaster yeah i love the little toaster. oh yeah i apparently do too because i that's the one movie i remember animated and the the whiny the whiny heating blanket i think i told you guys there was like a a student at my old high school Mm -hmm. she was like She's like a cute in that way, and a friend of mine would always call her blanket. Oh, from a line blanket. I don't think she really liked that name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a blanket. And I'm like, oh. okay, blanket. But I would say, I think over time it got enduring. But at the same time, I was like, uh, as I look back at it, maybe we shouldn't have called her blanket as many times as we did. Eh. But um, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah. So that's that's for me. It's um, that's what I'm working on. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. Like. Um, I think, like, I'd say, like, just um, share whatever you're doing. Because, like, I know people... Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, so oh no worries. Sorry, but I, that's the hard I'm bit, sorry. sir. <laughs> sorry. Excuse me, you've exposed my weak point. <laughs> Cut the Whoa. podcast. My, Cut the my, podcast. Ex, my extra weak point. No. The weak point within my weak point. <laughs> no. <laughs> well. 
Um, well, okay, I'll say this. It's okay, I'll say this. You know, you're still exploring. Yes. That's still a beautiful journey regardless. Because there's there's people who who don't give themselves the opportunity to explore. Yeah. And they just forever remain lost in whatever they feel like that's... They think that they like doing, but they never know because they, again, like ignorance is a bliss they're just comfortable where they're being at and they never really know yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah i think uh that's really cool because um and then one thing that made me realize in the conversation with you is like something that i do is like um i think a lot of times like for myself i set like this level of joy that i want to reach right like i from and then i think okay to myself like here's the goal that would reach that level of joy but then I realized that in order to get to that goal, like I, I don't really know how to begin or how to start. And then I'm like that. So what I end up doing is like, I just break up that, like I break up that big, like payoff of joy into a thousand little like tasks that I just like incrementally do to like get myself to like, to, to completing the task. Hmm. And it pays off in one way. Like I did a thing, I eventually do it. Mm-hmm. And then it helps me understand who I am. But then the payoff in reverse is like, well, it's, it's not as big as I would like it to be. Like, I wish I could just like, so one of the ways I do is like, okay, choreography mm-hmm. or like choreography, choreography. Like, I'll be like, okay, like I want to dance. I want to do, I want to, I want to create amazing choreography to this song. But then I'm like, hmm, like, of course I want that. And mm-hmm. that would give me a, a certain type of joy. But then I'm like, okay. How would I do that? And I'd be like, okay, well, today I'm just gonna, I'm just like, I would be like, I would be moving everything. I'd be like, no, this is frustrating. I can't. Like, I'd, it's like, I, I'd be just, and then I'd be like, okay, let me just work on like just feet or just arms. And even then I'd be like, just one eight count or just whatever. And then I reach that small little goal. I'm like, okay, so I have this eight count done. And that's it. That's all I do. And I walk away. And then I do the next day and then the next day. And then some like things smaller than you would consider that you need to do like I, I i do that because sometimes we overlook them because mm. we just be like okay like here are the steps and then we don't relish in the steps that we may we just only relish in completing the goal that we had set out to do mm-hmm. and in doing so that like becomes a problem because we get really frustrated when there's a goal but we have no way to even begin to fin- start or finish it mm. so one thing i do is like i give myself a break by just saying like okay like well break down what the goal is then every then make tiny steps like tiny tiny steps to do it like sometimes the step is just like i'm gonna wake up and just be outside Mm -hmm. (laughs) not walk around not walk around my whole complex run or whatever i'm just gonna be outside and it goes from there like one thing that i think uh gets problematic sometimes is like okay i was supposed to do this by this time Mm. and then it's like oh but i didn't and then you're like crap and you feel like that and then it's just like well i now just say like instead of time i'm like okay there's like sometime this week i gotta do I'll, I'll do blank right and then and then you know i just remind myself okay the week is ending i should probably do something or it's close to it so i try to give myself a break in understanding accomplishment and then i just realize that it's just going to be slow mm-hmm. because it's so small but then as the journey of itself is like these tiny accomplishments make me feel like okay i am striving every day for something a little bit more so that helps me 
kind of a lot with all of those things so i don't know if that could help you mm. or with anybody mm -hmm. but it's just like so small you think it's like stupid <laughs> it's like okay i'm gonna wake up and there we go done like yeah like I, I i did it and it's like okay well like you know like at least you're trying to strive into whatever it may be like right now i'm trying to write a letter and i i i the goal i got hung up on the goal of this idea of like writing a letter uh it's the letter that I believe this person deserves, hmm. right? Deserved before I was blank. But then I thought to myself, like, well, maybe you just can't do that like that right now. So you just should just start by writing a letter, you know, and or just putting thoughts on paper or having paper <laughs> or whatever the case may be. But it's just like, okay, at least I am kind of going into it. And it is slow, but I mean, and the payoff at the end is like, well, you know, that took a really long time, but I mean, I did it. So I'm kind of happy. So I moderate my joy in that sense. Wow, it's yeah. very very calculating. Time very. is relative, anyways. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I mean, I, as long as you end up doing the thing, that's what I think matters. Right? Yeah, I think that's and very then, important. Just, unless it is time sensitive. Yeah, you know? that. Uh, then, but then, then you, know. you have like a specific goal, and I mean, you have. I think even if you're like kind of procrastinating, like I tend to do, like mm -hmm. if you have a solid deadline, it's mm -hmm. like okay, well, I'll get it done no matter what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, it's like, yeah, well, it's going to happen. But, but, you know, you didn't tell me how I should do, do blank and yeah. stuff like that. That's like what I, come, <laughs> I that's might what I, do it all the night before, or, but yeah. I got mm -hmm. it done. It's like I combat, like, my students with that all the time. I know, I don't <laughs> necessarily recommend that. It's something I'm working on as well. It's so funny because I, I, I listen to this uh, um, this uh, podcast called Harmontown. <laughs> and it's about this guy named Dan Harmon. He's the creator of like Rick and Morty and Community. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like co-creator of uh, Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about his writing process. And he's all like, yeah, I, I mean, but he, he, he made a case for procrastination. Mm. Because it's like, of course, we would all love to have like our creative juices occur, right? Uh, in, a, in a single like... Um, like in a single like monetary like monitored like activated way like right now it's like paint a beautiful piece of art and then you just be like okay and then you just be like um but then it's just like you think to yourself like like with the due date or whatever something is like it needs to be done it's like well you just can't activate your creativity whenever you want Right. Sometimes if something inspires you, you get strict or like a situation finally like activates your brain into like that fight or flight kind of like motion. And then you 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 get to where you need to go, because I think that's how humans kind of activate. They're like they don't think in the long term. Right. They they think in sort of like survival and what's short term. And, and, and right. So thinking in the long term makes no sense. Like for like that's why people, I think, procrastinate because it's like like it's not something that's immediate at all. It's just very much like it's until it becomes immediate, that's when things become occurring. So I think people always feel like, like, yeah, there are people who can long-term think, but that's like a condition you have to really, really unlearn about yourself. Cause that's like, you're fighting against nature at that point. We were talking about lazy. And like, yeah. Laziness. Like, Cause again, like, yeah, like humans are in, like, uh, like civilization, like, <laughs> Like really only existed because they were just trying to prevent one disaster or another from keeping from from occurring, and like we are where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Like if we were way really forward thinking, I doubt we would have as many problems as we do, but we do. And so I think that's like uh, procrastination is like something that like I think we all do, um, and it's like tricking our minds into like getting that mindset without actually. Um, but realizing that you actually have more time or like you have the time to do the things. That yeah. You do. Yeah. 
like, you know, like maybe you should just like, okay, like I'm going to set a small fire in my house. And, and then if I don't, if I don't, if I don't get this writing done, then the fire will consume my house. So, heck? okay, good. We're done. I finished this writing. And you do it every day. I'm just, every week. I'm just worried about how many times you set your house on fire, Cedric, when you said that. The real question is how many houses I used to have <laughs> before I found out how to do it correctly. I'm so much in debt right now. <laughs> I need money. Oh my God. Anyway, that didn't really happen. But, <laughs> oh, no. but just the, the way he put it in such extreme measures, just crazy. I just yeah, just like, and that's like the and then can I? Uh, I guess I'll. Oh, I yeah. can go. Okay, perfect. So um, yeah, and, and one of those things is like I had to learn how to understand joy in a very minuscule kind of sense, mm. right? Like um, I had to appreciate the tiny things that I was kind of doing, and um, because I think we we we, we want to. We want to gain a feeling, right? Especially this time, joy. Uh, and we think we, we only really see those dimensions. At we, we really only feel it, right? We only really want to feel it in this kind of overwhelming, like, yes sense, right? Um, and we kind of created our work ethic to, to kind of dictate to that. Like, you feel the pain, you, you, you go through it, like, and then you... Um, and then you get the big payoff at the end, which is like, it's, it's kind of good because it's like, you're, you're so maybe sad at a point. And then when you finally reach the goal, it feels that much more cathartic, mm. right? Like, oh, but for me, it's like, well, for me, like that makes sense. If it's like that feeling is great for short term gains, you know, like, okay, like I'm only going to be a blank for blank amount. And then like, I, I, I suffer through this and then I go through it. But like for lifetime, like, like, let's say careers, Right. I think it's important that you find joy in your process. And I think you hear it all the time. Like you have to find joys in your process or else you won't last in it. Yeah. Oh, just, you'll just absolutely. give it up. Mm-hmm. And so, but then for me, I think I, I take it a step further where I'm like, you got to find joy in like this, like, you know, the phrase joy in the simple little things. It's like, you don't know how little those things are. Yeah. It's like, look, get up. Like um, I saw this article once and they were talking about like, how to deal with depression and then the way they would deal with depression a lot of times like this guy made a comment was like well that you you you're saying these comments based on, under the assumption that um everybody thinks the same way like mm. he called it like um cognitively normative or something like that cognitively normative. yeah and it was like um and then and or, or, or sorry uh something uh neurotypical also was mm. another term right and then so he'd be like, well, for those who aren't, right, like, you have to, uh, you would say, like, like, just wake up and, like, let's say you want to, you're feeling depressed, like, um, and, like, let's say there's, like, a mess on your bed. Instead of, like, trying to vacuum everything, right, and, and going through all that, so just, like, just swipe the crumbs off, you know, your thing and just be okay with that. And be okay with, like, like these simple little things that's just, like, at least you're starting, you know, just to start. Because I think when we think about, it's like... I would never do this again, you know, like, and just like, whatever it may be. And I think it's because we thought about the goal. We only thought the, about the objective and we felt like the, the, the praise of it. But unless there was joy in the actual process, we don't ever want to go back to it. Mm-hmm. We don't ever really want to like nobody. No, if, if you were valedictorian of your high school, right. And that was a horrible experience. No one ever says like, "Hey, would you go back and do it? Do it again?" I'd be like, "No." <laughs> I, either I would go back and I would do things differently, 
so that I could, you know, make myself happier or joy. Or I would just be like, you know, like, um, I would just, no, I would not do it again. Um, no matter the sort of end goal that you kind of got, unless you could get a better result than valedictorian or whatever your high school experience was. Uh, but like, um, I think for me, like, I don't, I wouldn't mind going back to like high school because I had a great time kind of, right. But then I also think like, ah, I could have challenged myself a little bit more to have a little bit more of accomplishment and stuff like that. And, um, that's, that's important, but I think it's important to understand, um, like, why I teach is the joy that I like to talk about because the reason why I go back is because um, why I think that's a joy for me is because I, I look back about how I can make the experiences of young people trying to become better, right, more like enjoyable so that they can carry it with them mm -hmm. to the next thing that they're doing because I think learning is so important. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care... I really don't care what you become. Like, I, I just like, I just want you to be successful and I want you to be happy and I want you to be healthy, right? Like, that's my, my, my imperative, right? But I also believe that there's a joy in like learning things. But when you're in school, you really don't believe that's the case, right? Because like, the way school makes sense, like they're trying to cram a lot of expectation on you, big payoffs, you know, you do what you have to, and they, and they kept saying the same narrative, like, this is what you got to do. You're a student, this is your life, deal with it. You know, and to a degree it helps, but I'm just saying like in the short term, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah, graduate high school, whatever, but like you want to carry it, like you want to carry it in life. You, you ask people like, okay, like we want students to be lifelong learners. I'm like, okay, that means you got to make things worth their life. <laughs> like, you know, like they have to care. And so like, I always try to consider that, um, in their experience, but sometimes it's not always in lessons. It's sometimes just being able to talk to them like people. Uh, and so the reason why, yeah, like I do that, yeah, is because I want to do that. And how I do that is really like one of the ways is like, I just talk crap about other teachers to the students. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, cause the one thing that students want to, like, they do want to talk about, like when you find out is like how crappy their school experience is. So I'll be like, Hey, does any, like one of the things to interject, cause I don't really care about anything they say except for one. Is it their experience in education? Mm. But I have to phrase it in, not in a way of a survey question. Like, how would you rate, you know, like, you know, like your school experience? And blah, blah, blah. Totally satisfying. Yeah, it's just like, totally satisfying. Somewhat, somewhat, somewhat satisfying. Disagree. Agree. Not applicable. Not applicable, you know. And so it's like, uh, I would just be like, hey, um, who is the, who's the worst teacher you've ever had? And they'd be like, and they all have names. They all have names and whatever it is. And then and then suddenly we have a dialogue about like why teachers are doing blank to you and why uh, and then vice versa students are telling me like, well, how they feel and see that informs my practice all the time. And, you know, like um, because, you know, like I think they they see themselves as like subservient and they hate it. They hate feeling that, but they, they kind of accept it. And then I kind of break that a little bit and they feel like, oh yeah, like someone's willing to hear us. And then sometimes that's enough to make it think like, okay, like maybe I can like care a little bit more uh, because he actually cares about the one thing I care about, which is this place sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then it helps me kind of like, like as my teaching is like, okay, this student does not like blank or does not like blank or whatever it is. Um, and then it gets them like kind of excited. And then they, and then I, and I, but you tread that line 
Uh, and then I tell them things all the time where it's like, yeah, you think you talk crap about your teachers, like your teachers only talk crap about you <laughs> because you students consume their whole career. Yeah. You know, this is like, this is like, you know, like a day of your life. <laughs> um, like, and you, you, you have, you get to forget and then, you know, whatever, but then they, they remember you and they hate you. <laughs> they, they like, they actively understand that word hatred <laughs> and while you are just like, Oh, this is so annoying. This is tough. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, and there are sometimes they bring up really, really good points. Like, and I'm like, yeah, you, you're right. You should advocate for a little bit more from your teacher if you can, or whatever the case may be. But vice versa, I also, I give teachers a fair shake too. It's like, like, what's well, like, why are we doing all these worksheets? Because I don't want to read 150 words of your crap. <laughs> like, just sort out your thoughts before you start putting them, before I have to grade your essay. I don't want to give you an F. That's why you get all this extra work. Uh-uh. So it's like, here. Because, like, if you don't, like, if you don't do it, it's just going to be, like, a, a hot plate of, like, nonsense. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so it's just, like, and that's why my joy in teaching is like that. It's, like, it activates my idea of, like, helping others, which is something I really do care about. And then it does help, like, this idea of creativity in me because um, there's an artistry in being able to cultivate um, like engagement in a room full of people. Mm-hmm. One of the people I actually admire the most in teaching is Mitch. Because, like, uh, and it's like, he's an amazing dancer, and that's great, but I think he's also somewhat of a pretty good genius when it comes to teaching people. Mm-hmm. Because uh, one of the things he comes in, he's like, he always checks people in, right? Which focuses like, you know, like our objective. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then he's like, let's warm up, you know, like again, like, and these are things that you learn in, in, in teaching credential class as well, right? And then he'll like, um, again, he'll reiterate, he'll see if there's any questions. When he taught the beginner class, he kept things very simple. And then you can make it your own to fill in the, the knowledge and stuff like that. So I admire him and his ability to understand a classroom, mm-hmm. like, and the, the event that he's kind of going in there and cultivating interest. He has a great asset to his uh, ability, which is strong content knowledge, which is, he's just an amazing dancer. But he doesn't think like, like a lot of dancers are like, I'm, a, I'm an amazing dancer, but then you may notice they fall short on the teaching side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, Mitch knows that like, yeah, I, I know I, he's like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a skilled dancer, but I also know that there are gaps between me and the student. And it is my job to fill that in and encourage them, make it a positive experience so that they keep coming back and they want to learn, which will make his job easier and for me same thing too but at the same time i'm more sarcastic than like because i deal with young people so Mm -hmm. they don't know how to appreciate anything for really long periods of time so you have to kind of like all right like shut up like that's all i ask (laughs) so i said just shut up for now and then and then i'll let you speak and then i'll be a man of my word and i'll let you go as soon as you do this and do that and stuff like that but yeah that's my that's my joy like how and my 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 what my how and my why like Mm -hmm. That is crystal clear. Thank my God, you. my guy. It's, it's again. I love it. So yeah, that's I don't really know if it was that clear, but no, it was pretty. It, it was pretty, yeah, pretty clear. clear. Yeah, Thanks. like I really like that whole aspect of you trying to find ways and how like the students feel, vice versa. How the teacher sides feel mm-hmm. when you're in that teacher relationship student spectrum. I think yeah. that's really really cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then um, yeah, I guess I'll share mine on mm-hmm. the whole why and how mm-hmm. um for me um the interesting thing about dance is that the reason why i love dance is because 
the people that I meet in dance,、mm. you know?、Um, and like, that's the type of environment that I really enjoyed being with because I feel the same presence in the same room around these people because we all have this, 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 this positive energy, this, you know, this vulnerability, this safe environment that we share with each other. And like, I love seeing people like that. I love being in a room full of people. Who can emulate that kind of energy around us, you know? And that's the, one of the reasons why I love dance, is because it gave me the opportunity to create the things that I love doing, you know, through my art, through my art form.、Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's how I incorporate one of my、um, things that I love、uh, that, that makes me joy, which is storytelling,、mm-hmm. into dance.、Mm-hmm. Because Those life experiences that I have, you know, whether it be in a dance team or whether it be watching me sit in a room or those experiences that I'm struggling or having pain, I put that in a story through my art, which is dance. And I share the world with that through my choreographies, through my art.、Um, and some of the things that I've made、uh, was really was about、um, like, you know, a couple of my dance teams. Teammates and a couple of my friends were going through a really, really rough week.、Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was either three weeks ago. I think it was three weeks yeah, ago. I think so. Yeah. And、uh, I was, you know, training、um, in, my, in、uh, the open space in Irvine、mm-hmm. and, you know, just, you know, getting my thoughts together. And I just read these messages. I read these, you know, look at my、um, friends' Instagram posts. And I really, even though, like, for me, I was in, like, in a good state of mind, I was happy, but I also feel for them. You know, I had this sense of empathy that I was like, I know that my words aren't the best way to express how I feel for them.、Mm-hmm. And I wanted to share, share how I feel that I feel what they're feeling through my art. Right.、Um, so, you know, in that day,、um, I think it took me, yeah, I think it took me two days to create that video.、Um, and I created a video just, you know, Feeling just sharing the same feeling that they're feeling like, hey, you know, I know that you guys are going through a really, really tough time right now.、Um, I may not have the best words to say、um, to comfort you or anything like that, but I just want to, you know, share this dance with you,、mm-hmm. you know, that I feel your pain and、mm-hmm. that I'm here for you as well, you know, and it's, it's on my Instagram and, and like it's one of the most meaningful videos that I've ever made. Like, like, I can relate back to when, the time when,、uh, when I was you know, doing、um, singing as well.、Mm-hmm. And one of the times was when、uh, we had to do a, a vocal exam、um, where we had to um, um, sing in front of our classmates、um, one, one、uh, Italian song, one Italian piece song. And this one lady,、um, she could not finish her song. Like, she just. She was struggling with her voice. She, was, she just couldn't do it. And, and because of her condition that she was in. And like she was just in a wreck. And I felt that for her, you know? And it was in that moment that I, I decided to dedicate the song for her so that she could do it, that she's capable of doing it,、oh, you know, in whatever situation or condition that she was in. And people felt that. Like, people really felt, wow, Alex, that was, you know, amazing the, the way you sang. And it just opened an eye in my eyes that's saying that I should share, share to others the feeling of how they're feeling. So that way, that 
I want to show them that, hey, I'm there for you as well, you know? And that's, that's how I share with the world is by creating my art and really just sharing it to them. Um, and I think that's important to really share that, how we're feeling in whatever situation that we're in. Because it's, it's, you know, one of the interesting things that, well, I get, I'm learning to relearn myself and really loving this podcast as well is because we share our thoughts, we share our feelings, and it gives us the opportunity to grow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so it's dance, choreographies, and uh, putting storytelling in my in my choreographies. Sounds like a good one. Good yeah. breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, again, as always, uh, thank you for our audience to listen for listening in our <laughs> podcast. We love yeah. you. Um, we would love to hear more from you. Um, I I believe it's also in our part as well that for me to be able to, you know, keep sharing this episode as well as much as possible. Um, But yeah, if you um, are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or or any um, um, podcast um, um, platform, platform. thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jenny. Um, That has a rating system. Feel free to rate us in whatever fashion you want, whether it be five stars, three stars, or one stars. You know, just let us know how you're feeling about our episodes. Um, you know, thank you for listening for us this far. This is our 36th episode. What? what? Yeah. Look is it 36? I thought it was 37. Oh, no, you're right. No, it's 36. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself there. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Look at us go. Yeah. So um, feel free to follow our um, podcast uh, Instagram, which is uh, creative underscore underscore emotions. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm not your puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and if you'd like to follow me, Alex, um, my Instagram handle is L3LACKFROST underscore LE, uh, Black Frost underscore Lee. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for me, it's Papasetti88. I don't think I have to worry about ever not knowing my Instagram handle anymore. Nice. But I don't want to jinx myself, so I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> hey. And if you're looking for me, Jenny, I'm at Curiously Radiant on Instagram. All right, you guys. Well, have a wonderful, have a day. joyous day. Absolutely, yes. joyous have a very joyous day, you guys. Thank right. you. Bye. 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 Bye.